Oh, boy. You want to know something when I was waiting for you in the podcast studio? Yes. There was literally, I kid you not, somebody up on the roof. Ho, ho, ho. I don't know. Really? I'm not sure. But legitimately, there was somebody up on the roof. There is no chimney in here, though. So that's that's the challenge. It's like, up on the rooftop, facilities are still working. Why don't they take a week off like everyone else? No one is here except for Aaron and Scott. (laughs) Please go home. everybody merry christmas it's your pal snowman welcome to bob Suns and banthas a magical podcast about disneyland and star wars and all the other things the disney company owns that we love on this special christmas gift of an episode the boys are talking about things they forgot to talk about previously well that's okay because i sometimes forget to keep my twig arms away from reindeer also they discussed the last episode of a show they've been watching about a tin man who carries around a green elf and continually puts him in harm's way for some reason. Without further ado, it's the Jacob Marley and Ebenezer Scrooge of podcasting, Scott Storm and Aaron Robbins. Wow. Hey, thank you, Snowman. He's been been here two episodes. Why shouldn't he do an intro? Uh, Why not? That's what we do. We just draft people into our intros now. All right. Well, let's do it. Episode 40. Yeah, episode 40. Yeah. Thanks, Snowman. Yeah, fantastic. You're very welcome. I'm happy to do it. I feel any bad for anybody whose episode 40 is their first Bob you? Yeah, what do you think people are thinking as they're like tuning? Like, I've heard about this. My friend recommended Bob's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday, I got a little bit of time to check out a new podcast. Yeah. Did you know they did a weird voice at the beginning? <laughs> I don't understand. Is Snowman a person? Yeah. Is that that was going on? I, I think I think not. He's a real person. It's a magical time of your friends. It is. How do you feel that you're not going to be alive in like a few days? Oh, I mean, a, uh, you know. Well, what do you mean? Magic sleep. You know when you go into magic sleep for the other 11 months? I'm going to assume the intro was your gift because I didn't see that you brought anything else. That was my gift. I got you life and a career. And you got me an intro. Okay. I'm going to get you more listeners. Oh, fun. So Yay. it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yay. So what are we going to do this on this Bye, episode? Bye, man. Have a great yeah, Christmas. Yeah, see you later. I'll be back again someday. I don't think so, buddy. I don't think so. It's okay, though. Oh. <laughs> All right. What are we doing on episode 40? We're going to talk about uh, just some memories and thoughts on the show, on Disneyland, Star Wars. It's going to be kind of a catch-up fun. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna be really Believe fun. Believe it or not, we missed a couple of announcements last week. Yeah. Like a couple of crucial announcements from that. Disney's uh, investor call and that pe- I actually really wanted to talk about. Yeah, and then people were like, hey, I couldn't help but notice you only covered 740 things, and there were actually 748, so right. why, why you guys dropped the ball. Yeah, why, why are you so delinquent in your reporting? Yeah, man, that was a that was a list. Lots of fun. I was I literally had a tension headache when we finished recording yeah. last week because we talked about so many projects that were coming out. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about the season finale of season two of the Mandalorian, um, which by all accounts blew everyone's mind. So well, I'm so. very curious to know what it did to your mind. Okay, yeah, friend, I, because I have lots to say about it. Of course, you uh, historically. Not a big fan of the Mandalorian, even yeah. when you Disgusted darn right by should the, be by the by the by the Mandalorian. So it's going to be a time of reconnecting, rekindling, fun on this mm, episode. Some holiday cheer, some announcements, and then some pretty serious talk about. It's the Christmas morning, right? Yeah, it is. Like when 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 people are downloading this, they're yeah. opening up their podcast players. I their thought cellophane we explicitly said we were wearing footy pajamas. I decided to wear a onesie. Okay, just a just a big onesie. So I'm 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 top to tail is yeah. what I am right now. A little, little Darth Vader onesie. Yeah, yeah, I pull it, and it doubles as a COVID mask. Yeah, pull exactly. The whole thing pull over it on over. Nice. Yeah, uh, I like your pajamas. Okay, they are very attractive. Yeah, uh, you're of course dressed as Harold the Yeti. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's and, very... and but you've also used blue face paint, and you've you actually are going. I, is this like a cosplay thing? No, it's like what I like about it is that when I go clubbing later, I don't have to ever get out of my pajamas. The, the most things, you know, the sleeves unzip. Yep. This one, the waist unzips. Okay. So I just go yeti coat, and it's just complete yeti coat. Yeah. Just you go clubbing it. on Christmas a lot. <laughs> yeah, you with your don't. young with your young family. <laughs> yeah, we just we go out. We do a lot of discoing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Speaking of disco, oh. <laughs> sidetrack. 
back already. You can't have a disco story. There's no way. I did. Have you watched the Wonderful World of Mickey with yes. the disco episode? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Tremendous. It is really good. Like it is nonstop hilarious and just de- it's delightful for the entire eight minutes. Right on. So episode forty. We're gonna let's do a let's do our a missed missed from the Disney investor. The important announcements that we did first. Then we'll get into some some fun and maybe wrap it up. With Are we talking about Christmas at all uh, after this? Because I want to know your, I want to know Christmas traditions. Do you have Christmas? Do we have to get into that right now? Do you want to get into that right now? No, at home Christmas traditions. No, for the podcast. What's our Christmas tradition for the podcast? I think footy pajamas. We nailed yeah. it. And mm. the snowman. And snowman. Okay, a so and Buckeyes. Yes. Yes. Okay. Traditions. Do you have any family Christmas traditions that you're looking forward to? I think um, the one of the big ones. Yes. Yes, Scott, we do. Thank you for asking. I'm glad I asked. We used to live in this neighborhood that uh, before it was popular to put candles in paper in paper lunch sacks and yep. line your. They were like what do they call those? Luminaries. Luminaries. And uh, we lived in a neighborhood that was the first in this area uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would make a little extra holiday money by. Nobody likes to fill up a bunch of you know 300 sand uh, lunch sit, sacks with lunch sand thing, yeah. and put a candle in them. You got to fold them down to the bag lights on fire. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody so they would hire neighborhood kids to do it. And so I would go try to do like five or six houses. It's hundreds and hundreds of bags and I'd make like 20 bucks and I'd be like man that was <laughs> a, a waste real, of my Christmas real break real low bag to money ratio there so we still drive through that neighborhood I don't live in that neighborhood anymore but we still drive through it and and see what the quality is if the quality of those luminaries are, are yeah they've gone down a lot yeah. I like we call flamers when, when a bag's gone up in, <laughs> in flames yep. you know catches and it goes up okay. that's one of our that's one of our traditions is to drive through I my like old that. neighborhood and look at look at uh, look at who's done well who hasn't and then uh, there's a lot of Christmas lights there yeah uh, and then we sit in a lot of traffic, and I wonder. Hmm. Just about should we my do life. this again next year? <laughs> I totally wonder. I don't think we should do this. You know, they don't change it. You know, every year it looks exactly. You know, they're just they're just bags this. on fire. That's all yeah. they are. I wonder right? what Denny's has got going on right now. Oh boy, you really are questioning your life at that point. <laughs> exactly. What about you? What about the storm? Uh, uh, storm household has a fun tradition on Christmas morning, where we have like a small uh, Santa Claus like uh, statue, like okay. a small Santa sa- statue. And, uh, and so we use that as the barrier to get into the room where we have the Christmas tree and the presents. Wow. And so we usually put it at the end of the hall. I'm sorry. Santa puts it at the end of the hallway <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and puts the, the stockings out next to it. We call it the Santa guardian. Oh, and like so a, the Santa guardian. It's like a kill room for Christmas. Oh, it's, it's like a, yeah, we just funnel the kids down into a hallway right. and stop them at the end of the hallway. That's fascinating. I've never heard of something like this before. You have a guardian. We have a Santa guardian and, and, he, and stockings are right there. The stockings are there right. with a note from Santa that says, enjoy your stockings while mom and dad get up. Yeah. And then that gives my wife and I the opportunity to get up and get coffee and right. so I get settled and the kids are enjoying their stockings and then at some point when the family is ready to proceed, then they can cross the Santa Guardian threshold wow. and then round the corner into the into where That's the amazing. Is. Yeah, it's fun. fun. It's just like I that was just a tradition that got started one year and it's lasted every single year. I don't like Santa Claus taking credit for all my shopping and wrapping work. No, I'm not, put, I'm not putting his name on a single present. If he wants to come down and wrap a gift, put it under the tree, work all year and pay for it. That's fine. That's great. That's fine. You can claim you can claim ownership and yeah. uh, dominion over that. But until that time, until that, it's mom and dad. <laughs> it says Aaron very clearly. Aaron, your dad. Aaron, I purchased this. two kids from Aaron, yep. your dad. <laughs> Just to make sure, I don't want him to get mixed up with. There's a lot of Aaron's in the world. There's not. There's only a few. But see, yeah. that's the Aaron, comma, your dad, exactly. who bought this with his own money. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you're aware. Uh, do we want to cover some things we have not talked about that we forgot to talk about? Uh, from the Disney Investor Day? Yeah, from the Investor Yeah, Day. hit me with some stuff. Okay, so there are two main projects that I really wanted to to mention that were coming, but for some reason we missed them. You gave them their own episode. That's fine. That's right. It's happening right now. The first is the Benedict Society. Right, yeah, that's... Is that what it's called? It's yep. called the Mysterious Benedict Society. Yep. Which is based off of a children's series of novels, which I have not read. I believe I have. Okay. They released a trailer for it during the investor conference. For some reason, you can't find it on YouTube, or maybe it's available now, but at the hmm. time, could not find it on YouTube. You could only watch it on the investor conference. This stars Tony Hale as oh, uh, yeah. Mr. Benedict, and also he plays both like- Buster. Yeah, he plays Buster from uh, reprising his role from Arrested Development, yeah. and also Forky. So it's Buster and Forky. Oh yeah, uh, no, but uh, Tony Hale plays both 
the sort of Professor X, Charles Xavier, yeah. uh, Mr. Benedict, and he also plays his evil twin that is trying to destroy the that world. sounds fantastic. It looks... Did you watch this trailer? No, should we? You should watch it. It is delightful. Tony Hale looks like a... It's a different uh, look than he normally goes. He's got a beard yeah. in it and stuff like that, so yeah. I, I really like that he like changed it and up. It's like and it's like crazy curly hair. Yeah, and it's got the girl from Gravity Falls and every other Disney voiceover. That's right. Uh, her name From is, the Last Man on Earth. Yeah, who's fantastic. And Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords, yep. yeah. She's she's amazing. So great, uh, great cast. Looks very uh, interesting. Looks a little like... Uh, uh, you know, Mrs. Island, Peregrine's Falcons. Per- Peregrine Falcon Island. You, you know, know the movie. It's called Mrs. Peregrine. That's what. Falcon that's what it's called. Mrs. Yeah. Peregrine Falcon's Island, comma. You know, looks good. The one with the the things and the kids. Looks fun. Coming looks a soon little, to Disney Plus. Uh, looks a little Burtony. Looks a little uh, weird. Little uh, awkward. Looks fun. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited for it. The other one that I forgot to talk about, which I'm probably equally excited for, next to Benedict Society is the new Swiss Family Robinson series. Yeah. They only released a logo for it, but Disney says But is it, it is, good? Is it a good logo? Oh, it's a great logo. Oh, has an island. Oh, wow. Shows a boat. Do you have it right there? I do. Oh, let me see. Okay, yeah, fun. This is a movie. This ain't no series. No, it's a series. Really? Yeah, Quite it's going to be- a logo for a series. They're saying it is a- The logo feels a little Jumanji-ish to me. Just the tiniest bit. Well, yeah, Jumanji's successful. Yeah. So let's make that Jumanji-ish. I like it. Uh, they say it is a series will be a modern reimagining of the classic Disney film. Gilligan's Island? I think that is the modern reimagining <laughs> yeah. of the classic Disney or nice. the classic film. I, I'm curious to know what a modern... See, this is the challenge. A modern Swiss Family Robinson has the potential to incorporate technology, internet, things like that. Yeah, I think they have to... I hope uh, the knowledge of those things exists, but the application of them... Uh, does not so you know you take sort of a Tom Hanks castaway where they've got airplanes they've got he's got yeah. modern tech yep, but then he, then he goes to nothing so I, I hope it is the knowledge of those things exist uh, but then you're on this island where the access to them's not there and, so and the ingenuity like the ingenuity feels that yeah. much more so earned. it becomes like steampunky it's like jungle punk it's like uh, deserted jungle punk, punk. <laughs> jungle punk jungle punk my favorite genre of music <laughs> it is me too it's like uh, fast fast house beats which a lot of hollow drums exactly yeah. and dope bass lines <laughs> really yep. really heavy baselines so those are the two those are the two things that i wish we had talked about last week didn't talk about it factoring all the things your question to me last week was or my question to you was what's the one thing that we're most excited about the two things we're most excited about i would now put swiss family robinson series into that i'm very excited yeah i think me too more so than the benedict society not Mm -hmm. because it didn't look great but historically when you get a movie that has that much uh like stuff in it like it's a world you have to create a whole yeah. world you have to create the rules for it you have to create some of the backstory for all of the children uh, and I'm not saying Disney does this but sometimes those things get bogged down by their own story they need to sure. get you up to speed and yep. they're just not free things that just move freely through a, through a plot or a theme they, 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 they take a long time setting things up and so I've seen movies that look good like that and then they just get so slow do you think that that would change if this is a series which I, I believe it may be a series Oh, this is not a TV show? I don't think so. I think oh, it's cool. a series. Yeah, no, that that would change for me. So now your opinion is completely different. It's slightly different. Okay, good. Because they did this with a <laughs> right. series. They did this with a series of unfortunate events. Right. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, I think, was yep. in that. Beautiful. Also, uh, uh, Barry Sonnefeld, the director, art style of that looks yeah. very similar to this. Totally. Uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Society. Yeah, the, and the art style is some of my favorite stuff. Yes. Like, aesthetically, I love it. I just, you know... But it, that can get in the way if yeah. you ha- if you're only constrained to two hours. Totally right. Yes. Cool. Agreed. Agreed. Excited about both those. Should we get on to the Mando today? Yeah, let's go. Let's just do Mando. me and Snowman just first. here here showing up today. Let's do Mando first. All right. Well, be, come this way. Uh, oh, over there. This one. Yeah, I normally just stay right here. Listen, I'm not going to tell you again. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. taking the helmet off to eat or do we shove it up there's just a little gap that's below your chin no here's this is the straw i use (laughs) okay right on it's got a couple bends in it it'll be all right it'll be all right mandalorian episode chapter 16 i knew you were gonna ask me that i think it's chapter 16 season two episode finale let's just call it that yeah this season Uh uh-huh has been an exercise in 
me exercising patience with you right. every week yep. while you explain exactly. to me all the reasons why you don't like Mandalorian, yeah. despite many, many good, legitimate, and yeah. logical reasons it's why like, you should like it. It's like it. when a kid doesn't want to do their homework and you're like explaining to them why they have to, but then they also have some points. It's exactly yeah, but, like but that. But most of those points should be disregarded yeah. because at the end of the day... Gotta do your homework. You gotta do your homework. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, Mandalorian's a great show. Okay. And you can say that there are things you don't like about it. Yeah. And I'm probably going to disagree with you most times. Right on. But So you've been So it's it's been patience. a real it's been a real uh, emotional roller coaster for me is I'm what I'm sorry, trying to I'm say. I'm sorry to put you through that. This no, I, I appreciate that. I think I think our our listeners enjoy the drama sure. each week. Yeah. Uh last week's episode, which was the Bilber episode, you did not like, which yeah. I really really liked. Yeah. Uh, I thought that it was action-packed. You thought it was mediocre at best. Yeah. The episode before that, you enjoyed. I think the episode before that, The Return of Boba Fett, you enjoyed. Yep. This one is the culmination of everything that we have seen so far. Totally. It yeah. is the Have Fun Storming the Castle episode. Mm, okay. Uh, where Mandalorian and everybody that we've met over the season decides to come together yeah. for a storm on the uh, star, not Star Destroyer, no. a uh, light cruiser, I believe they refer to yeah. it as. Uh, to get baby Grogu back from Moff Gideon. Yeah, Moff Gideon's there, and they take Richard Grieco. Or we, take Richard, Richard Grieco's Grieco got from uh, Booker. Baby o- yeah, Book- he, I call him Booker. Booker. Yeah. Mo- Moff Gideon has Baby Yoda there on the on the thing, and they got to go rescue him. They got to go rescue him. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was into it up until yeah. that point. Yeah, very uh, very low expectation, but it's a very fast moving episode. There's enough like fun space battley stuff. Yeah, the smaller class version of like the shuttle Tiderian. You know, yep. that, that it's a smaller version of that. It's like a like a because it makes it in a very little bay. Anyways, it slides into that bay. They get out. There's all sorts of fighting. Uh, the dark trooper stuff is anticlimactic on purpose. But at that point in time, you're just kind of like that was lame. But yeah. uh, it it serves a purpose. What do you think of that dubstep music introducing the dark? Yeah. Troopers. Yeah, it was pretty good. Let me. This is what our, our, uh, this is what our users, our users. This is what our listeners are curious about: uh, the sort of Dark Trooper Iron Man timeline. Yeah, because Iron Man goes back to the late '60s, early '70s, something like that. Yes, and the Dark Troopers have their roots in a video game from '95, seven. Yeah, I think they were introduced in, I don't know if they were introduced in Dark Forces. Maybe they were introduced in some other literature before that. But yes, around that time. So which do you think came first, the Iron or the Trooper? I think the Trooper came first in terms of the look and the movement. I think the the Iron Man, not like the feeling that it feels like Iron Man is as a result of where we saw Ultron in the second Avengers movie. So I don't think, like, I don't think the Dark Trooper aspect is a ripoff of Ultron in time, it's just one of the things that that's the first time we've seen something like that. The first time we've seen something like that is in Avengers and Ultron. And so we automatically go like, oh, well, that's like Iron Man. Right. But I I do think that the look of the Dark Troopers is unrelated to Iron Man and I think was established in pop culture before like the Iron Man robots, I think. But actually, but the, the Dark Troopers didn't feel... Iron Man-ish to me in this episode. They feel very Terminator-ish. Yeah, oh, very Terminator-ish. I was just, I was speaking the one, two before that, uh, where they come down. And it's not not even their design that I think people are reacting to. It was the the angle of the shot when they were descending from the ship. Yes. And that sort of, uh, you know, jittery uh, sort of background and they're coming down feels Iron Man. And the jet boots, the pivoting around to land with the jet boots. So there we go. Iron Man, late 60s, 70s, Dark Troopers, 90s, and then Iron Man, Age of Ultron, whatever 2000 something yeah but we learn in this episode that they are not that they are robots that they are not uh troopers totally which establishing that pays off at the end of this episode yeah they are robots they are robots they are robots I, i think in the original development of them there was some kind of they were something in between. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Anyways, okay. So uh, dark, they, they got the dark troopers. They kind of make them, and then they, they go away. And then... Did you like Did you like that fight? Like one dark trooper makes it through the door, and then it's a, it's a one-on-one. Yeah. That dark trooper is just pummeling uh, Mando over and over again. Yeah. It's, oh, it's hard to tell the scalability of violence and ability uh, in yeah. Mandalorian. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. Uh, we started rewatching The Mandalorian. Oh. I know. That's Season your... one? 
Yeah, from oh, the beginning. Yeah. So that should make your brain just go crazy. It makes with me questions. very excited. I'm very excited. And uh, it's just funny how like who who gets to be good at fighting and who doesn't? Because stormtroopers yep. categorically terrible unless sort of needed. And then you'll meet like a random person in the desert who the Mandalorian can't seem to keep pace with, or it goes on for sure. five minutes. Okay. And so the dark trooper uh, damage and ability scale is through the roof. Like they need yes. to stop making stormtroopers and just make one dark trooper. But see, here's the thing. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you, except for the fact that. The dark trooper continually tried to hit Mando in the head. Mando is made of many other soft, fleshy parts. Right. It was like, and a person inside an outfit like yeah. that would go, hmm, this isn't working. How about I break one of these soft, fleshy parts? Yeah. Instead, the droid is just like, I, I hit the head. That's yeah. what I do. That's the algorithm. Just try again. It's just try again. Continually <laughs> yeah. try again until this thing stops Same moving. with the door. It's just like, keep going. That's right. Yeah. Just, just keep, keep going. hitting it in the same spot. So I sort of, I actually. Can you pry it open now? There's a little gap. No, I keep hitting it. Nope. I'm just going to keep hitting it <laughs> because that's what I do. I'm punch. I'm programmed to punch. Yeah. I just punch. So, so, so up until this I, point, I sort that, of like that, that he, that again, it shows the, I, I sort of like the, I don't know if I'll call it poetry, but I like the cycle of droid army moves to clone army, moves to stormtrooper army, moves back to droid army. Yeah. And droid army is continually the worst link in that chain. Yeah. And it's the programmers. It's the Imperial yeah. programmers who are, you know, maybe they're from Galen or so or whatever. He put some rogue programmers yeah. in there like, we're going to make your, your dark trooper code, but it just does one thing. Just, all about just punches, yeah. just punches at the head, yeah, at head, line, head a, level. They've got a weak spot, but uh, up until that point, I was like a B minus on the episode. I was yeah. like, "This is fun. It's going like I don't know where this is going to end. They're yeah. probably going to get Baby Yoda, and yeah. then it's going to be some kind of emotional conversation for twelve minutes, and then it's going to be over." But that's not what happened. No, why don't you why don't you take over? Uh, and so then um, a a a Jedi, a robed figure with a lightsaber arrives. Wait, in, wait, wait! You're jumping past oh, the wait, whole wait, uh, no. Maybe I shouldn't have had you take over. Yeah, I'm getting the You're starting like. at the end, the, or the beginning. What, what about the fight between uh, Moff yes. Gideon and uh, the Beskar versus okay, Dark? Okay, Saber. fine, fine, fine. That that part's all. Let's. You want to get into the room? Moff Gideon gets into a room. They have a big fight. The workout, Bubba Fett, uh, Jane Fett. She she's there. What's her name? Bo Bo Katan. The Mandalorian. Bo Katan. Uh, yeah, the girl. She's she's yeah. a Mandalorian, but she she looks very much like she's going to break out into a workout video every every once in a while. Buffa Fett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they go in there. They they they. Can I just say they 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 get the better of Moff Gideon? He pulls out a dark saber, and then yeah. just the the episode just goes off the rails. It goes off the rails right then. There's just so much. It's it's almost like they stop acting. They turn the cameras off, and they're just rehearsing themes. They're like, "Let me tell you something about the dark saber. Uh, you want to have it? It's super powerful. Now I have it. Now I turned it off." Now it's yours, but you can't have it unless she gives it to you. It's true. I have to give it to you. Uh, she can't give it to you. She okay, fine. I'll just give it to you. <laughs> no, you can't. There's like, why can't you do it? I don't know. There's just how'd rules. you get it? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, she has to beat you in a battle, like a thumb war. No, like a real war. Like how many people? It's just. I mean, what's the battle? Can we just do it, play like paper ball football, like so, paper football? So no, you gotta you gotta fight for it. Six minutes in the middle of this, Moff Gideon's on the ground, very uh, Star Warsy esque pose. Yes, uh, in a thing that the tide of power has turned. And there's this exchange of the dark saber that is just so exposition heavy and makes no sense and is so full of needed detail, but nobody wants it uh, that it, 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 it I you they were totally losing me there. Is that right? Oh yeah, it did feel like the good, bad, it the ugly, did feel like, like it slowed down a little bit where it was like, okay, you have the dark saber. Mando has a dark saber, but Bo Katan really wants a dark saber, but Bo Katan can't take it from him. Can you have it on Wednesdays and then maybe he has no. On he's got to fight. You got to fight. So I'm like, okay, well, are they going to do a fight? How are they going to resolve this? And then it's like that. Just basically, I feel like all of that is they go. We'll deal with that in season three. Yeah. We'll do that in season three because we got something. something we got else something coming. Something big coming right now. Ding dong! Oh, somebody here! <laughs> yeah, and I love that you see the X-wing fly by, and I really, really love Cara Dune's response where she goes, "One X-wing, oh, we're saved." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great because, of course, the dark troopers are dispensed with, but then they come back, which I was very happy about because when Mando, you know, uh, did the airlock thing and blew them all out of the airlock, yeah. my thought was, well, they're all droids and they have jet boots. Yeah. Aren't they coming back? And thankfully, they did come back. They did. And then, when I saw that X wing came in, I said, "If this is those, if this is those pilots, those patrol pilots from the, the did you from the Ice Planet?" I, I was did. like, "I quit. I quit the podcast. I quit Star Wars. <laughs> wow, I quit Mandalorian. Oh, this is a I lot quit of stakes. All of it. If this is those pilots, I'm not doing the Star Wars thing anymore." I there was a part of me that was like, "There's an X wing." Is this Dave Filoni as X wing pilot that's going to fly in and he's bringing in the you know 
the New Republic. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I don't know what's going to happen uh, totally. here. But then the X-Wing, the X-Wing does not zoom in. No. It casually, yeah. it's like me pulling into my driveway. I slow I down to make sure, oh, okay. I slow down to make sure there aren't any kids in the street. Totally, good And call. I slowly go into the driveway yep. and then I hit park. That's basically how this, this X-Wing flew into the hangar. Yeah. And then a rogue Jedi gets out. Almost tractor beamish. It looked like it was almost, almost being pulled in like, beamish, yeah. like a tractor beam. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Then somebody gets out and uh, they're they're hooded. They're a hooded figure. Yep. And you're like, oh, what's this? And then you pretty quickly learn they are Jedi and my yep. house just explodes with who, who can who this possibly this? Who could be? This? Yeah. And the lightsaber is green? Well, the lightsaber is, they're watching on monitors at first, yeah. so it's white. So okay. you don't know what it is. Right. So it could be... A Sith and an X-wing. It could be, and you're colorblind, so you're like, I don't know. Tell me what color it is. Yeah, exactly. That's what's yeah. going on. Is I and and so everybody in my house is just guessing who this could possibly be. Yeah, people are throwing out some pretty big names. Uh, the biggest of the big names comes out like, oh, I wonder if it's Luke. And I was like, you, could you be serious for a second? I'm yeah, trying to figure on. out who this is. <laughs> exactly. Listen, don't be ridiculous. Something ridiculous. Okay? This is some new character. I want to figure out if it's if he's cool or not. The robe looks a little dark, so I'm not loving that. But yeah. uh, I don't know what's going on. He's just got a hood over his let's face. Let's hold questions till the end of the episode. Just There's a Jedi on board. Stop with your ridiculous hypotheses, okay? Yeah. We're watching a show right now. We are watching it, and this Jedi is tearing through the dark troopers. Troopers, yeah, very reminiscent of uh, Obi Wan, Phantom Menace, ripping through droidicas and battle droids. Yeah, or Darth some... Vader and Rogue One ripping yeah. through rebel uh, <laughs> rebel soldiers yeah. at the end of Rogue One. Right? Uh, it was. It was uh, I liked. I don't know if they meant to do this, but I liked that that aesthetic of fighting felt familiar to me. Yes, I liked yes. that a lot. And but also incredibly honed. Yeah, right? totally. And so. My family is the same thing. Who is that? Who who could that be? And I'm going through in my mind all the Jedi that I know that are established in the universe right, right now. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it could be Ahsoka. No, doesn't no, it's not Ahsoka. It's a it's a man for yeah. sure. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's Ezra Bridger, which is from Rebels. He's still around right now. There's Luke Skywalker, but it wouldn't be Luke Skywalker. Maybe it's a new Jedi type of thing. Yeah. So I'm like quickly going through all this. And at some point, it is revealed. That it is Luke Skywalker. I'm getting goosebumps right now. No joke. At what point? So he, you know, this Jedi is hooded, wreck shop all the way through. Yeah. Takes a nice leisurely elevator lift up, you know, drinks some Gatorade or yeah. something like that during that that time. Goes through another hallway, crushes, crushes with his hand the last Dark Trooper. Yeah. Like, if there is a person in that, that person is now turned into jelly. That's right. how much the force mm-hmm. crushes yep. that, that dark trooper comes in. Uh, hood goes down. It's Luke Skywalker. It's super Luke Skywalker done with uh, some face replacement technology. So yep. it's an a, it's an age appropriate Luke Skywalker. Right. Got just, the, got the cleft in his chin perfectly. Yeah. Crazy. At what point did you know this was Luke? As soon as he took the, the, did you, down. did you not suspect it anytime before that? Nope. Didn't, didn't suspect it at all. There is a shot where, uh, two two things two things did it for me. There was a shot where he does a force push. Yeah, and he's got one gloved hand. Yeah, I saw that, right? and then I thought I couldn't. I was trying to play Empire Strikes Back in in my yeah head. I was like, which hand does go off? And then I was like, I think that's the wrong hand, so it can't be him. And then I think Kennedy was like, no, I think it is the right hand. And I was like, yeah. So there was that, and I had that thought then. But at this point in time, I and had then the I'm, belt buckle. The I didn't notice that. Yeah, the belt buckle. I didn't notice did the belt buckle. Too. But that and even when I saw the gloved hand. Uh, I think they actually show that the other hand is not gloved. Right. It's yeah. one gloved hand, one not gloved yeah. hand, and carrying the right the the green lightsaber. It entered my head at that point in time, but I just still think There's no way. There's no way there's Disney no way. Brass is like, oh, you want to use the title character from the largest franchise we have for your little for your little show that's not even shot on real sets? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. But have they fun. did. It was totally him, yeah. It, it was uh, like I it was goosebumps, super emotional. I don't know why that was so emotional. For me, maybe it was because the Luke in seven, eight, nine looks so different and is so different. And his, right. his feeling about the forest, his his you know his he's more of a that a, Luke is not Luke Skywalker. Is that what you mean? That's what that's yeah. what I mean with yeah. a lot of words. I was trying to say yeah. that, that that's a very different Luke Skywalker than I grew up with. Now I'm seeing him in his classic, like a classic outfit. Yep, the classic you know aged appropriate Luke ripping through people in his prime yeah i looked up to see how many years after return of the jedi Mandalorian takes place yeah five years okay so that again timeline like him honing his powers as a jedi and looking for other jedi in the universe totally makes sense like it all lines up 
It's just insane. I'm it's still insane. Just, I'm just still, my mind is just still blown. Uh, just so I don't know. At, at that point in time, the episode just took a huge turn for me. Where uh, did you get a smile? Did you smile? Yeah, did you get think, tears? What'd you get? Uh, I mean, not not tears, but I was I was super emotional to see my Luke from my child. Because yeah. for I mean, honestly, this may sound nuts, but this is the first time I'm seeing the quote unquote real Luke. Yeah. in a long time, like a long time. One hundred. See this, him. This is what all of us who grew up with Star Wars. I think what we wanted to see from seven, eight, nine, we wanted to see Luke at some point do this, yeah, or something similar to it. And he starts talking to the Mandalorian and to Richard Grieco and everybody in there. And you know, there's some, there's some, you know, like he's going to take the baby Yoda now, but then baby Yoda doesn't want to go. And so there's some dialogue, and I'm like, don't you screw up this dialogue, yeah. And it was like, take this for what it's worth. This comment, it was like awkward but in the right way it was like, just enough right? it was just enough yeah. yeah when he's like oh he's he's waiting for your permission or, or whatever like yeah. i was like cool i mean it doesn't hit for me a while but it, that's how it should hit it yeah. put you at about that level of awkwardness uh, so it, it even to me at an 80 percent level actually sounded like luke which was amazing it was mark hamill that recorded it freaking crazy uh and so i don't know what they did but they made his voice i am assuming it's new dialogue yeah i am assuming they didn't piece together old dialogue i yeah. think it's new dialogue and they must have done some sort of um, youthening mm-hmm. of his voice in the same way that they like de-aged his voice in the same way they de-aged his. I don't know if he filmed it. I don't know if that was him or if they just, you know, that was standing there uh, as Luke Skywalker or whether or not they just used his face yeah. and, you know, did the mapping. But somehow they de-aged his voice. And yeah, it sounded like Luke. I mean, I, I think there when he first took his hood off, I wasn't sure if it was Mark Hamill. Yeah. I actually thought it was. I had that same thought. Yeah. I thought like, oh, they got a really good like kind of lookalike. Like it, it's for that age, they got a really good lookalike. But that's that's just an actor. Yeah, there was a the, for the past couple of years, there's been like an internet swell of having Sebastian Stan, okay. the guy who played Bucky or the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Uh, that he and he does. I mean, if you take a look at what Sebastian Stan looks like and put him up against young Mark Hamill very very similar yeah so when he took his hood down i was like oh my gosh they got sebastian stan to play luke skywalker and so i that's who i thought it was um which is to say it it doesn't look exactly like mark hamill but enough like mark hamill and then it turns out to be mark hamill so yeah for this moment in time for me at 40 ish 40 and a half years old 40 ish and a half not seeing luke on screen in in the way that i would have liked to see him for that long it almost should have this disassociative effect to it where i'm not sure for link is that him not it's more emotionally powerful it was that way for me yeah sure for me to not know for a few seconds for him if he pulled his cloak back and right away after 30 years i was like oh that's luke i'm so happy not as powerful as for a second i'm it's a slow gift unwrap right i'm like is it is it not it is and then like it's just you know, I'm totally reading way too much. In no, this, I but. think that's, I think this is uh, the fun. I mean, I think this is the fun of this episode is that I think you, it does, it, it almost feels for me, it almost felt like that feeling that we had growing up where we were waiting three years for the next yeah, movie to come absolutely. out. And when that movie comes out, you know, Luke's going to be in it, yeah. but you're like, I don't know what he's going to look like. And then you see him, he's like, I, oh, he, he looks different. Yeah. You know, he doesn't look different hair. Looked, yeah. Different clothes, different, different hair, different yeah. clothes. His face is his face is matured, or you know yeah. all those types of things, and so it almost harkened back to that feeling. Absolutely, when he took his hood down. No, so that's like, a great call. Oh yeah, I think that's you're right. That's Luke, but he yeah. looks different than the last time I saw Luke, which would have been Return of the Jedi. Like I wasn't thinking old Luke Skywalker from seven, eight, nine. I'm thinking, wait, the last time I saw Luke look like that was Return of the Jedi, and he yeah. looks a little bit different, but he's wearing the same outfit. Yeah, so it felt very seamless to me fantastic uh, fantastic and then and they this, takes luke takes him away yeah takes takes a uh, little baby richard greco away yeah it's, and r2 r2d2 yeah, r2d2 shows up that was like icing on the cake as far as i'm concerned do, do you think baby yoda was going to ride inside r2d2 because i did for a second i was like a little thing's going to pop up like, like a, a little, little bassinet yeah or like, like r2's going to open up a little, like a little like baby bjorn like a little it's cozy yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not <laughs> Uh, that was tremendous to yeah. me. A tremendous ending. Yeah, the floor. totally. Yep, changed the way I feel about The Mandalorian. So wow. I know. Wow. I know. You texted me yep. and said, Mando, Yeah, I think is what you said. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like, uh, I'm in awe right now. Yeah. We're, my whole family's freaking out right now. Totally. And then you said, I, are you freaking out about Boba Fett? Yeah. And I responded to you, oh, you mean the fact that he just like was awesome and then cut tail and run? Yeah. And then you said, and then at that moment, before you even responded, I thought, wait a second, did I miss something? Yeah. 
And then this is the most glorious thing in the world because for and everybody in my household acknowledged it. There was a moment. There was some people. There was a head bowing to me. It was a very emotional thing in the Robin's yeah. household. <laughs> wow. For five and a half seconds, I knew more about Star Wars than Scott Storm. <laughs> for it was such a short period of time. But you ask anybody in my house, I was running around the kitchen. I was like telling my celebrating? neighbors, "Have you ever heard of Scott Storm?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course." And I was like, "I know more about Star Wars than him right now." <laughs> he didn't watch Pass the Credits. Watch, he didn't watch Pass the Credits. Yeah, I know something he doesn't know. And it, I got to tell you, Scott, it was a wonderful. Was it wonderful? Feeling. It really was. You had that feeling for about five minutes yep. then because yep. you said, I, "I said like, oh, you mean the fact that he cut tail and run, and he just sort of left." And then I didn't even see your next text. Oh, okay. It started to work in my mind. Gotcha, I was like, gotcha. wait a second. Did I miss something? Oh, I, we turned off the credits. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is there a post-credit sequence? Kind of. And then I jumped back to the TV. I put my kids to bed. Oh, wow. Okay. I fast forward the credits and then the post-credit scene happens and I woke my kids up <laughs> and I'm like, like get back here. Dad. Yeah. I go, well, Mr. Robbins told us that we missed something. Yeah. And they they all filed in and then there's the post credit scene. Yeah. So you got to have that knowledge for yep. probably a good 15 20 minutes yeah. before I had that knowledge. Yep. I was living it up. That post credit scene is bananas. On Tatooine. Yeah. At Jabba's Palace. Yep. Not Jabba's Palace anymore. Yeah. Bib Fortuna's palace. Yeah, Bib Fortuna's put on a couple pounds and taken over. He's like, one of these days I'm gonna be as heavy as a heavy as a hut. Do you think that's the goal? Like when you're a crime lord, you try I to thought get as that big way. As a hut? Yeah, I thought he's like, I can try to grow out these uh, things or they're called leku. Le- the lekus. Yeah, just so just so you're aware. That, I thought that was when you did a haiku with a ukulele. It's probably both. Yeah, I'll look it up. I think those are called ukuleles. <laughs> ukuleles. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was looking looking good. I did you know. love seeing uh, Bib Fortuna back? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't believe that they did that. That was my go to. It's such a weird thing how this happens. That was a character that I didn't like in the original, uh-huh. and so I had that action figure. And because I didn't like that character, I used that action figure. You know, I, I he got killed a lot when oh, I played. Yeah. But then you become you develop over years this sentimental thing for like that's the action figure I used. You know, he was always the first to go. And yeah. so now I'm kind of connected to him. So when I saw him came in, it was this surreal thing of like, I played with that action figure so much, not in a good way, but I played with it a lot. I, I not, I share a similar feeling about Bib Fortuna to you, not the action figure aspect, but just, I think I, I w- I've always been enamored with that character. Yeah. Maybe cause it's the first like real interaction that we get in return of the Jedi. He's always, I think it's his hands. I yeah. think it's like he's got that cool blue like glove on in his hands and and his first time we've seen a Twi'lek that way and yeah. just so many things about it. Right. But he also, I mean, for, for most Star Wars fans or for most people who have fami- passing familiarity with Star Wars, they're not going to know who that guy is. Right. And so it feels like such a deep cut to bring him back. Yeah. And then my mind starts wheeling and going like, well, yeah, of course. Like, we didn't see him on the sail barge. Did yeah. we see him on the sail barge? I can't remember if we saw him on the sail barge. He must have escaped the sail barge. Oh, man, this is, he took over Jabba's palace. He's sitting on Jabba's throne. Like, my mind is just firing in overdrive yeah. with all the things that we're seeing from a very, very insignificant character. Okay, it's very uh, Grimma, Grimma Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings yes. like type of yes. type of character. Very similar uh, thing. And then uh, very, I don't know if you read this, but it felt a very uh, Leia uh, thermal detonator sort of yep. set up. Like yep. it felt with the shadow on the wall and the figure starts coming down oh, yeah. in, into the when, main throne room. When that uh, the first body gets shot yeah. and sort of like falls onto the stairway. Very much like. So you're just like, I don't know what they're doing right now or what's happening. I don't know if this is going to be funny, but they, I am 110% bought into whatever is yep. about to happen yep. because this is hearkening back to something. Uh, and then. If they get everything right in that scene. Yeah. Everything. I don't think you see Fett first. I think you see uh, his sidekick. Fennec Shand, yeah. I think is her name. Right. I'm never going to get it right. I think it's Fennec Shand. Yeah. yeah. She's the one that takes out those people and then, you know, she she frees the Twi'lek dancer, which I love that they have another yeah, Twi'lek dancer totally. there. Like that's a, that's a staple of Jabba's palace. Absolutely. You know, uh, and she frees the the dancer and then that's when Boba Fett comes in. No Rancor below there anymore. I wonder if they got that Rancor. Uh, you think they got a new Rancor? Yeah. Maybe. I think they're expensive. Did you anyway. think when he stepped on that trap door, you're like, oh man, not again. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to happen again. It was so fantastic. Just, Everything you're just it. studying that whole scene. And then, uh, you want to say what happens at the end? Well, Bib Fortuna tries to talk his way out of it. Yeah. Not a very good talker. No, never was. Nope. Gets shot. 
And I love that he's so bloated that when he gets shot, he just sort of slumps over. Yeah. He doesn't fall out of his throne. He just yeah. sort of slumps to the side like he's just taking a break. Yep. And then Boba walks over to the throne, kicks Bib Fortuna out of that throne, and then just sits on that thing. Yeah. With I love the way he sits down. He just sits in this such a cool way. And then Fennec Shan grabs some blue milk and just sits sort of on the arm yeah. of the throne, just takes a swig, and then cut to black, and it just says... The Book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. Yeah. And I lost my flipping mind. I lost my flipping mind, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was the only thing we talked about for hours after that. And just not only, like, and this is not true, but it seems of all the the two seasons of Mandalorian, that if you freezed-framed that Boba Fett sitting on the ground, that that, that got a decent amount of conversation, sketching, concept art, because that shot was beautiful. Beautiful. I was talking about how it it captured, like, a mafia vibe, the lighting, like an old Godfather cinematic. Like, it just did so many things well for... For one shot, like one setup, yeah. you know, it ran for a little bit, but it was just so beautifully done. I couldn't believe how much they nailed with that one shot. I was so into it. And the coming December 2021, like this was not announced during the investors conference the week before. Yeah. So this was, I, I, I put on our Instagram, I can't say that we didn't see this coming. Yeah. I can't believe it's happening that quickly. Absolutely. Like they are going to have a show ready to go that will, I think what's going to happen is Mandalorian season three is going to run. Yeah. It's going to end and the book of Boba Fett is going to pick up. Really? Next year. Okay. That's what I believe is is going to happen. It's not a replacement for season three of Mando. As far as I know. Yeah. No, that's what I I heard. I heard that. That is what I heard. And then Disney announced it officially this week and announced that uh, it's Filoni and Favreau are going to be producing it. And Robert Rodriguez, the director of El Mariachi and Desperado, Sin City, From Spy Dust Kids, Till Dawn, Lava Spy Girl, Kids, Shark Boy, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, that he's going to be directing this show. Yeah. And he actually directed the Boba Fett episode of The Mandalorian oh, this okay. year. And I, like, again, I'm, I, I could not be more excited. Hugely, uh, hugely uh, important and amazing episode of The Mandalorian that made me like, I, you know. Are you a fan? Are you a Fandalorian? I am now. Yeah. I'm absolutely a Fandalorian. And we here's did why. it. I know you did it. We did it, everyone. It's like a Christmas miracle. It's a gr- God bless us, everyone. <laughs> I still have obviously lots of uh, lots of problems with it, but yep. if that, if they can do that, uh, and they're going to make me some kind of fan producer promise that they're going to do that again, then you, you do whatever they're you want. Do it again be- because it took t- two episodes. A lot of those episodes completely unnecessary for that dramatic effect. But True. they did it. They did it. They got somewhere big and they made it make sense at the end of the day and when that happened all is forgiven all the all the weirdness all the weird dialogue all the episodes that seem like they could be just cut entirely and still arrive at this point i'm good now luke skywalker uh, and (laughs) bubba vet and like it made sense there was a pass off of this young jedi and it just made sense at that at that moment and so i was good with it and so i was like i'm gonna go back and start rewatching mandalorian with this whole new way of of thinking and it's terrible but i like it Uh, we're gonna transition into just some fun sort of a re- we're gonna recap the year uh, you know that's what we're gonna do and I'm gonna get up my notes real quick so I'm gonna ask you some questions we're gonna have a conversation let me ask you this yes. storm settle in settle in to a more relaxed mode we got we got that mando moment out of the way I'm gonna oh am I supposed to sit back yeah, now just sit back and I'm relax. on the edge of my seat oh I know the, I know the talk we just had what do you think what's the most Disneyland thing you did uh, this year what's the most you can give me a couple of them I have three what what is your most Disneyland thing that you did? I can tell you the least Disneyland thing okay, I did. That would be that the, was going to Disneyland. Yep, yep. You did not uh, go. I did not go, despite having plans to go. Despite having plans to purchase annual passes. Yes, and go. you had plans to spend lots of money at the Disneyland Resort. And you did not spend any money at the Disneyland. No Resort. money at the resort. So uh, the most Disneyland thing I did. That's a good question. My number one of the most Disneyland thing was the opposite of yours, which is I went to Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. It seems appropriate. as yeah. The most Disneyland thing you could do. And here's the thing: it made me realize is that uh, because it didn't feel like Disneyland yeah. when we were there is that the anticipation the the looking forward to going to Disneyland is such a huge part of the trip and I want to ask you a question related to this yeah. looking forward to going to the trip imagining what it's going to be like imagining Disney at night imagining New Orleans Square at night Fantasmic going off and all that kind of stuff like that one of the neat things about Disneyland uh, is that whatever you picture in your head from a previous 
experience yeah. there, they're probably going to hit that, if not exceed it. In the rare opportunities yeah. that they don't, it really is a bummer. Uh, but usually you get to the magic you're looking for, if not some new kind of magic. You, you, but it's always about 80%. Like yeah, the very worst sure. you're going to do is 80% of the magic, For right? sure, yeah. yeah. And an, a 20% drop at Disneyland feels like a 4,000% drop because the expe- right. the, <laughs> the amount sure. of times they execute on giving you the memory you had in your head, connecting you to nostalgia, connecting you to yep. that stuff, is so frequent and so consistent that this time when we went down there, I knew I wasn't going in the park, so I didn't really look forward to it, so yep. I didn't feel like Disneyland. So I want to get your take on the surprise Disneyland trip that people do, where they where they are driving mm-hmm. with their kids down to Disneyland, and they tell them about Bakersfield, like, oh, no, we're not we're not going to Bakersfield. We're going to Disneyland, where, yeah. you, where you really don't have a lot of time to look forward to it. Are you pro, against? What do you think? I've always wanted to do that, yeah. and I never have done that. And it's a good question. I I can see both sides of it. Okay. Because part of the excitement of Disneyland is knowing your is is the lead up. Like right. what are you gonna go on? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna pack? All those types of things. And you know, and and so you miss a lot of that if it's just a hey, we're, surprise, we're going to Disneyland right now. Yeah, exactly. You get sort of a burst of excitement, but you don't get to have your kids live in the anticipation. Right. Especially I guess because it's Christmas is a really appropriate question because Christmas is about anticipation. It's yeah. about knowing that something is coming, preparing for that event, thinking about what that event's going to be like, looking forward to that event. And so much of Christmas for me, so much of Christmas is not just Christmas morning. It's everything you do leading up to Christmas morning yeah. that prolongs the Christmas experience, which for me is a joyous time. So I think the same thing with Disney is uh, – you know, the preparation of we're going to Disney, this is what it's going to be like. And you get to build that excitement and anticipation up extends the Disney trip experience for me. Right. Although I would like at least one time to do a surprise. We're going right now. Yeah. I think my kids are probably at the age where if we were heading down to Southern California, more likely than not, we'll probably do a Disneyland trip, not in 2020, but like more likely than not, we would probably wrap Disneyland into that. Uh, So I don't know if I would be able to get the same, surprise uh, out of them but i love families that do the thing that i love are the families that that that's the christmas gift like like, right that they like open up and we're going we're getting on a plane right now your bags are packed we're flying to disney that is like i would love to do that some year yeah if it's like a five-day trip and so and then yeah i think you trade some of the anticipation for that just burst of excitement yeah that that just mind-blowing like i can't believe we're doing i think it really when you do that now that i think about it because i'm very anti doing that when i think about that for myself what you're, you're really doing is um, when you drive down or when you look forward to it, the, the journey still is in anticipatory mode. Yeah. When you burst surprise somebody that you almost pull Disneyland into the present. And so like the, the, the magic starts then and there. Like when you surprise right. somebody, yeah. you say, this is your Christmas present. As soon as we're done opening gifts, we're going to clean up, get in a car and go to Disneyland. Yeah. Like you're bringing the park to you at that moment. Yes. Which is different though. Like if you're on a trip down to Southern California right. and you're like, oh, we're not stopping in Bakersfield. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. Like you're only... You're giving them a surprise, but it's like a 90-minute surprise. Yeah, exactly. Right? As opposed to we're getting in the car right now and we're driving down or we're going to the airport. Like, yeah. it does extend That's that. That's fun. Ex- it, We've it, never done it. Yeah. I look forward so to it. So you, you told me the, that was the least Disney thing you did is not go. What's the most Disneyland thing you did this year? You've done some Disneyland stuff. Yeah, I would say the most Disneyland thing I did this year was meeting Rolly Crump. And, okay. And talking with Rolly Crump. Nice. Uh, I, Bob Gurr, a very, very close second in that. Yeah. But- just talking to Rolly, and again, the first time I've ever had the opportunity to speak with someone who knew Walt personally, right. who had personal conversations with him, who was there yeah, opening day at Disneyland, that? Uh, and that was has been so instrumental in the Disneyland experience for me as a kid growing up, for yeah. my kids. That is tremendous to me, and so treasured, just so treasured. I can't believe that we got to do that. Yeah, can't believe that this little show has allowed the ability to do that. So that's probably the most, unless you have a different one for me, that's probably the most Disneyland thing I've done. Um, starting this podcast was. Yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> was one of them yeah, that I had I, I feel down. like that's that's sort of obvious. Okay. I mean, that was going to be. You still have to say That's probably it. number one. <laughs> Even you still number have to two, say it. You said Disneyland thing. Yeah, this is a Disneyland podcast. Okay. Bob's and Banthas is number one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, me that's so funny. It's my number one too. It is your number one? Uh well after going to Disneyland. Can we see so so going to Disneyland was your number one. So Guess. why can't Rolly Crump be my number one? Oh, it one? totally can. Yeah, it totally can. Starting Bob's and Banthas, number two. Number two. Again, 
number one would not have happened if not for number two. They're connected. What's the most Star Wars thing you've done this year? I got some good ones. We've done so much Star Wars stuff this year. Boy, we really have. That's yeah. a good question. I mean, the easy pull would be to say discussing Mandalorian every week and okay. having that experience, but... A specific. you got to talk about a specific Star Wars thing. I'm going to say the most Star Wars thing... I think it's going to sound cliche, but I'm going to say... I have a second one. Okay. So I'm going to one and two really quickly. Okay. The most Star Wars thing I did this year... I think it's the season finale of, of Mandalorian with okay. the family. Yeah. Like, I mean, just having us all gathered together. Totally. It's there. the, it's the closest thing that we had to the star Wars Christmas experience of going to see a new star Wars movie, yeah. right? Like star Wars yeah. has suddenly since, since 2015 star Wars has now become a Christmas thing. Whereas yeah. it used to be a May thing. Now it's a Christmas thing. It's the most star Wars we could get. So that would be Absolutely. my number one. Okay. My number two would be giving you a lightsaber. Oh, wow. Like giving you your first lightsaber yeah. and sort of exposing you to this world of lightsaber replicas. And uh, it's it like that felt so much, that, that was so much fun for me to arrange yeah. and to give to you and show you how it works and sort of get you uh, geeked up about it. Yeah. That that probably is a is, is a good strong second. Yeah, that was my number one was getting, getting a lightsaber was my awesome. number one Star Wars thing. Uh, it's very... You know, it's it's hard for me to receive gifts. Just the the way I'm built, my personality. I don't. It's a very. I have a very emotionally difficult time receiving gifts is from people. Right? Yeah, it, it is right. And so that was a like a Star Wars thing. Yeah, like a podcast thing. It was like a gift giving thing. It all culminated in like this this young Aaron with this this young Aaron like of Star Wars. Yeah, and gift giving. It was really that was a really uh, that, that was the goal, man. Yeah, so I'm glad really it worked out. Yeah, it was a really big day. Out. And. Uh, you know, I have it hanging behind me in, in my meetings, and I, I like it there. So, and then my second one, a little bit weird, but I uh, was uh, winning Star Wars trivia Jeopardy on oh, We Like was great. <laughs> It was just so much fun. It was so and much I fun. I didn't really, I didn't know that we were gonna, we, that we were going to win. And then there was a time where I thought, oh my gosh, we're not. We're going to lose. <laughs> we're going to lose. Uh, yes, you are right. That, that was so much fun. And that itself was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Because my thought was, if we lose this thing, we lose all credibility totally. for this show. Two, two other fans that are kind of like, not so into Star Wars, like clean the floor with us. Yeah. Uh, you can hear that on uh, the We Like Theme Parks podcast. I think it's episode 105 or I think 105 or something right. like that. Yeah, where can, we just, we discuss uh, the Star Wars holiday special and uh, play yeah. some Star Wars Jeopardy. All right, favorite, give me uh, three. Try to give me three of your favorite things about bobsleds and banthas. What have been three, three just moments, three moments on the podcast that have meant something to you, three interactions, or just three things about the podcast that, that you've enjoyed that have made it either worth starting or not worth just starting? Yeah, the show itself mm-hmm. is number one. I mean, again, this show means a lot to me, not only because I get to do it with you, but we get to do it every single week. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's stuff that we've talked about before. It's, you know, for, for new listeners or listeners who may not remember, but Aaron and I knew each other. Uh, we were acquaintances with each other through yeah. work, but this show really formed a friendship. Yeah. And I really love the fact that every week we get to sit down and do this. We find out more about each other you know, and our likes and dislikes of Disney, but then we're finding out more about each other's like family lives people and think how we've we grew been up. friends for like 20 years. Yeah. That's what people think about us. It feels funny. that way yeah. sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? Like it, does. it feels yeah, like sure. an old friendship. You yeah. know, I, I think very, very rarely do you have a new friendship that automatically feels like you've been friends for a yeah. long time. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. So uh, the fact that we get to do this every week, the fact that we weren't supposed to do it this week and just had this poll to get together and talk. Yeah. And, and record a show, I think is just very indicative and illustrative of just the love that I have of doing this show. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's the, the greatest thing about Bob's and Banthas is Bob's, Bob's and Banthas. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I mean, I have, I have two more that I can queue up, but what's one yeah. of yours? My, my number one is similar. Just it's the weekly connection, uh, to the parks and to, you know, having somebody to talk about that in a yeah. way that I like talking about it, which is really the hardest thing uh, in podcasting because I don't approach podcast. I've been podcasting about Disneyland for a decade. Yeah, we know. I know. It's been so long. But, but <laughs> so for me, long. It's not so much the fan aspect of it. It's not the releases. It's not like I like all that stuff. I love the connection. But Disneyland, uh, you know, Walt once said something about Disneyland being a way to confront your demons or a way <laughs> to ask the question, why can't you be happy or uh, this thing that is a break from the hardship of life and you should be able to have that break why can't you and those breaks are very difficult for me it's very hard for me to be in disneyland it's very hard for me to be happy uh and so i'm doing 
sort of like therapy yeah, so when I'm podcasting. For you, we're yeah. really thinking about what Disneyland means. And when I speak about it, and I know I don't know everything. I don't know a, a quarter of what f- actual fans know. But I really am trying to protect that as a place of of where where people that have trouble experiencing happiness can go and be like, I'm supposed to be happy here. Yeah. Why am I not? What is, what is wrong? What is, what are the things? And Disneyland has always been that place for me in my life of thinking about life, thinking about work, thinking about art, thinking about relationships and wondering this place is so wonderful. This should be the best day of my life. Why isn't, and I'm going to dig into that. And uh, so getting to talk about that every week is just wonderful for me. So you mentioned that you've been podcasting about Disneyland for about 10 years. Yeah. So, how is is bobsleigh different than the other shows in that aspect? Parts of it are very much the same. The fact yeah. that you are a say, and this, this is where it starts to get like emotional and weird, but that you're a safe, understanding, uh, sort of equally sort of yoked person in terms yeah. of what you want from life and yeah. what, how you view life uh, and that kind of stuff and theology and things. There, there's sort of a, a similarity there, so it feels safe for me, for me to say some things yeah. and explore some topics, uh, while at the same time you'll let me be uh, incredibly goofy and weird and you'll let me go somewhere that you don't know really where I'm going. Yeah. I think that took time for us to develop. Um, so the par- th- those parts of it, there's some similarities. Your uh, your personality is definitely different than anybody I've podcasted with for your your super knowledgeable, super like produced tactician <laughs> depth of depth of knowledge. Anal? Would you say anal? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's really that's really fun for me. Uh, it, it creates a layer of safety where I know that you don't let me get away with all, but like if I make a mistake, you'll probably let me know about it to some degree, uh, which is which is fun, and I, I really so I really like that. Yeah, I think it's that part of it's very unique the the seriousness of it, the production of it, the the producing that you actually do in these interviews with Rolly Crump and Jeff Moskowitz and uh, Bob Gurr uh, and Jim Hill and yeah. all these people I've gotten to meet this year. That never happens in my life without you, hundred percent, which is well, amazing. I mean, you know, the the fact that the show sounds the way it does is a is a credit to you. I Usually, mean, no, it is. It is. You know, I mean, it's like I've had so many people that have said, uh, you know, I, I just really like like the sound of the show, and I just say that's all, Aaron. Yeah. Like, Aaron, like I show up and I start recording. Aaron's what makes it sound phenomenal. So I feel like there there's a good there, oh, we have a really sure. good balance for that sure. Way, yeah, you know? for sure. So yeah, uh, love love it. Love doing the show. The uh, I my number two two three, moment. My my number two moment uh, of the show itself is. Dang it! I had it and then I lost it. Uh, this is what happens when when you don't give it to me ahead of time. I know. Oh, I know. My number two moment is just the experiences, the conversations that we've had that we would not have if not for the show. Yeah, like, totally. Again, I have no business talking to a lot of these people with the exception of my friend Jeff, right. uh, who I have a business talking to. Yeah. Uh, but like the access that we are able to get with some of these creators and, and, and creatives and Imagineers and, uh, and people that follow this industry, the, the level of thinking that I've had to do about the show about like, what, what should we be talking about? Like uh, what is an, what is, if we're going to take the time every single week to sit here and talk about stuff, Let's make sure that it's worth the time of somebody sitting and listening to it. Right. So let's make it entertaining. Let's yeah. figure out what that is. And so the the production of the show is one of those things where it's uh, nerve wracking to me, but it's also yeah. very gratifying because every week I'm left thinking like, I don't know if this is going to be a good show or not. Yeah. And then somehow it pulls together and it's like, it's certainly good enough for us to do it again the next week. Right. And then when you get those highlights of being able to talk to those special people or you know, a great bit that you and I get into and we're just having a great time laughing hysterically and we're like, I'm crying and sweating because we're laughing so hard or when the kids are listening to it with me and they're parroting back things that we've done or bits that we've done or they're asking for uh, characters to come back on the show and that sort of thing. Like all of that is just so gratifying that again, I I stand back and I just am amazed. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm amazed that we get to do it every week. I'm amazed that anybody listens to it every week. And uh, and just so thankful that people do. Yeah, my number two is, is along the same line. Those, those conversations that we got to have, but specifically, I mean, I've loved every guest that we've interviewed yeah. and enjoyed every second of it. I'm I am like a fanboy, but I think inter- eternally, I'm trying to answer the question: uh, Could I hang? And could what, I hang? What I mean with that is, is could I've hung with an Imagineer? in the fifties. Like, could I, yeah. could I hang, could I hang with them? And, uh, could you out drink them? Could I out drink them? Right. <laughs> and I don't know. In the fifties, they seem to be pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a hobby. 930. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, that's just a question I think I've had at some level. I know that you've had that question. You pursued the answer to that question uh, to some degree. And yeah. so to meet somebody like uh, the people we've met, and I'll only name one of them, you know, sometimes they think, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hang. I couldn't hang with this person. They're they're smarter and their personality is very different than what I would imagine it would be. And and I just don't know that I would gel in a break room with this person yeah, yeah. and some of them I've thought uh, I could but I'm not ready I'm not ready and that's sad at 45 that I'm not ready but this person thinks and talks in a way uh, that is refined in an artistic uh, execution that I'm not ready for yeah. and and that's amazing uh, and then there was Raleigh and his specifically his relationship with his wife Marie yeah. and just getting to know them there was lots of conversation before we started recording yep. that we just had with them as a couple and I just had this like I could hang with, I, and I have this picture in my head, never happened, obviously, but of just me, you, and Raleigh working at Disneyland in the, in the 50s, making fun of Dick Irvine yep. somewhere, yeah. and you have your role where you're like, you got you to gotta tell him what you think, Raleigh, you got to just go home and stand yeah, up, exactly. don't be a people pleaser, <laughs> exactly. and you don't like it, and me being like, I don't know, I think we're all really lucky to work here, and I think we need to be super encouraged and just keep on, and really being like, I don't know if it, if it even matters, like, I'm just going to do my thing, and all the pieces will fall where yeah, they're supposed to fall. Yeah, people are going to like it, or they're not going to like it, I just think, like, getting to know him answered part of that question for me is... Yeah. I think I could have hung with that guy, and I really like, I just really like him as a person. Oh, I, I do too. He's neat. I do too. Fun. It's fun to think about. My last thing, and you'll probably have a lot to say on this, is of just favorite moments is every single comment we've gotten. Like it is for sure part of the reason, uh, a huge part of the reason to do the show. But it's actually it's 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 not the reason to do the show. It's confirmation that the things we're saying and talking about mean something to more than just others. Yep. A shared experience of Disney, of Disneyland, of magic, of Star Wars, of of that kind of thing. That that experience, and and, and even a lot of the eighties and growing up in yeah. the eighties and the nineties. Uh, that's a shared experience. And if my words at all help somebody connect to the good parts of those experiences, I'm I'm a very happy camper. Yep, I am too. Even though uh, I don't really like camping. I enjoy camping. Good. And so I also enjoy our listeners for the same, for the exact same reasons Mm. that I enjoy camping. You draw your conclusions however you you choose. Uh, I I love the fact that we, again, we have listeners. We have people that comment. We have people that interact with us. Total strangers. Yeah. It's one thing to have friends that go like, yeah, I listen to your show. It's really fun. It's another thing to have total strangers that go, I really love what you guys talk about. Yeah. And when we've gotten the really nice responses that we've gotten about how they feel at home with us or they feel like they're right there talking to us or they are sharing the show with others. It's just, it's very, very humbling. Yeah. Right on. It, uh, it really makes me want to keep doing this. Yeah. And it also is a, uh, it's a, catalyst for creativity for me i mean oh, i yeah. can i think of the number of conversations you and i've had about like spin-off shows that we would love to do or we should launch this type of show or we should do this type of thing where really the only thing that's constraining us is time for sure because i have so much fun doing this with you and uh and having other people be a part of that that i you know the the disneyland and star wars aspect is only one facet of other things that you and i would yeah. love to just explore and, uh, and you know, that often ends up on the cutting room floor for yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's like when you get the response of like, hey, your Disneyland Star Wars things is really fun to listen to. I think like, well, maybe we could try this other thing too right. at some point. Um, yeah, it's great. Right on. That so was episode 40. Episode 40 and the last episode of 2020. Yeah, last episode of 2020, our first year of Bobsleds and Banthas. We picked the worst year possible to launch a Disneyland podcast. You, you couldn't have picked a worse year in, not. In, uh, in time. Like, not even if you were to do 1954 could yeah. it have been a worse year to yeah. launch a Disneyland podcast. No no movies in theaters. All the theme parks are closed. Yep. You want to start a podcast? Yeah, sure. Sounds why not? Good. Sounds good. Sounds great. What are we going to talk about? All the stuff that's closed? Yep. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Let's just see how that goes. Right It's on. been great. Uh, I, hope, uh, I hope all of our listeners have an incredibly fun Christmas break. Uh, if you're on yeah. break, that's great. If you're working between Christmas and New Year's, we hope you have a safe and happy uh, you know, Christmas time and safe and happy new years yeah what do you what do you have to say i don't know it's about the same okay. merry christmas to everybody i know it's been a hard year and it's very hard to know the future like we don't know right now sitting here when disneyland is going to open nope. but i think the thing about people is that people uh, are built with a desire for magic and wonder and yeah. to be marveled uh to marvel at things and to create marvel for other people and so i think if i could put encouragement into the end of your year we're going to be okay we're going to be okay we're there is Light at the end of this tunnel, there is hope. We always have hope. Yeah. Uh, and we can cling to that. But there is hope and there, there is. is light, and 2021 will be a good year. 
Well, listen, everybody, we hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas and a wonderful new year. We hope you have lots of joy, lots of health, lots of safety in the new year. We thank you so much for listening to us this year. It's This has been Bob's and Bantha's. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will not be releasing next week because we're going to take uh, take the holidays off to spend with our families. But we look forward to talking with you in 2021. We've got a lot of great things planned, a lot of great people we're going to be talking to, a lot of fun reviews to have, and maybe, maybe even going back to Disneyland together at some point. Heck, yeah. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. You should. The gift of a five-star is the gift that keeps on giving for us. Yeah. So head on over to Apple Podcasts. You can do it right now in the app that you're listening no to. No kidding. Sure can. Leave us a five star. And actually, we would love you who wrote a review for I us as well. I would love it if you wrote something. Aaron especially. Yeah. Aaron needs more Christmas joy. And don't be afraid. Like, we just talked about taking risks and being bold. Yeah, just be that bold. Scott's going to read it on the show. Just, you know. And if you don't want me to read it on the show, say you don't want me to read it on the show. That's okay, too. Okay. But I'm still reading on the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how I do edits. You tell me to take something out, I leave it in. Yeah, you leave it in. <laughs> it's the way There's we no roll. guarantees on this that, thing. Exactly. No guarantees. Uh, you can... Support us over at Patreon. We're patreon.com forward slash bobses and banthas. You can wear us over on Public, and you can join the other Bantha tiers for the fun that we have over on Instagram. We're at bobses and banthas. Again, a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Did I say nude year? <laughs> I hope so. I've been hoping that for my whole life. I've been like, one of these days we're going to do a nude year. Just everybody for 365 days, it's no clothes. Just wear a mask. That's electric the only thing you, can, you have to do. <laughs> electric bills go down. Nobody's wasting money on a detergent. I hope so. Hey, listen, none of the restrictions said we had to wear clothes. It just said we had to wear a mask. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I got two masks on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Until then, he's been Aaron. Happy Christmas. I've been Scott. God bless us, everyone. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland Every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.